TwoQuestions.tv. Brief questions, deep knowledge. For executives, entrepreneurs, and small business owners. Welcome to TwoQuestions.tv. I'm your host, Susan Barancini Mo. With me today is Tony Odisho, a salon owner, a stylist, and founder and CEO of Tony Odisho. Tony Odisho is located in Chicago and he offers professional hair extensions, hair care products, brushes like this one that I didn't know how to use, and <laughs> curling irons and more. And I've actually read amazing reviews about your curling iron. Tony, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to have you here, and I actually, well, really, I think I need to come to Chicago and have you look at my hair. Of course, anytime. <laughs> and then maybe you can show me how to use this beautiful brush. It's really quite nice. <laughs> of course. Well, Tony, one thing that we know about the world of entrepreneurship is that people who are amazing at what they do don't always make amazing business owners. They're just different skill sets. But you've been able to successfully marry hair expert, salon owner, and owner of a brand of very successful beauty products. And I, I understand you were an executive as well. So is that what has made you so successful at your business? Or what is your secret? Honestly, it's really uh, working hard, I think is number one. Um, I think... Um, so a little bit about my background. Um, I, I started doing hair at a very young age. My mom was artistic and my father was a civil engineer. So my father has the business mind and my mom had the artistic side of the mind. So, um, so I was really, really lucky to have that. Yeah. Um, when I first migrated to the States, um, I came to this country in 1995. And as an immigrant, um, what I tell the younger people, I had a dream. And my dream is to really uh, become the American um, dream that everyone comes to this country as an immigrant and wants to have. So I love doing hair, love working behind the chair and really talking to my clients and, um, and having that interaction with my clients. Now, in terms of my business, um, I believe what it was to open a business is really taking a risk. Mm -hmm. And I was willing to take a risk um, when someone told me, you are making really good money. Why are you opening a salon? And I thought, <laughs> well, I am in my 20s and I feel if I failed now, it would be a perfect age for me to fail. Yes. I mean, as we know from successful people like Walt Disney and so on and so forth, they had multiple tries until really they became successful. So I took whatever I had and I took a risk. And with that also, I worked really hard uh, to developing my business and, um, and slowly but surely my business grew. Um, and then I had a curious mind. Um, the way that Tony Odisho extension worked, I actually went to a hair show looking for hair extensions. And I went to a booth, and of course, I had a million questions. I was <laughs> super curious about the brand. And I, as they answered all the questions for me, what I learned is I start answering that question to the people who were asking that questions, even though I was not working for the booth. So very quickly, the <laughs> owner of the extension company you know, notice that I have this personality that I actually super curious and I want to educate and 
um, learn and answer? Well, I speak three at that time. You know, I speak five languages. Huh? So I was translating what they told me in Italian and English and other languages. So they set up a meeting uh, with me at the end of the hair show. They invited me to actually um, work the hair show. Um, and at that time, they promised me to give me a small machine and a little bit of the perks and the free parking. And I went and <laughs> and, and that's how I developed this relationship because I literally took myself and put myself in that booth and forced myself um, and really not to be shy or timid. I think to be successful, you have to be um, on the aggressive side and really know what you want. And from then on, I became a national distributor of uh, hair extensions. I went on my days off, next from door to door, went from salon to salon, wow. built relationships. And in 2006, I felt the, uh, what the European um, hair extension company offered to the American market did not match. So I felt that I had a better understanding of the American market. At this time, I had saved up even more money. And again, it's all about saving. It's how, much <laughs> make, how much you save. Yes, and business owners, be frugal. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And really knowing your benchmarks and your expenses and the numbers. Because to be successful, you have to know where the money is coming from and where is it going. Um, yeah. a, a simple example to that, they say, we would never really go to a baseball game if there was no scorecard because we'd be all confused, right? Yes, yes. Why we're even there. So, and so that's how the Tony Odisho company started by really knocking on the doors and going from door to door and from salon to salon and um, really listening to the, to the stylist. And because I was a salon owner myself and a stylist myself, we had a lot of more of business development, product um, testing in the salon. So all our product went through one year of testing in the salon. The client had to be happy. Wow. The consumer had to be happy. Um, and I had to be happy. And then we developed, you know, the Tony Odisha brand. Did that answer your question? Yeah, that's a great story. I love it. So, and, and it's a story of grit too, I think, you know, really, you know, rolling up your sleeves and putting in the hard work. I love that. So now the world of beauty is kind of changing, right? Like stylists, they're wanting more flexible hours. Um, they may not want to do their training in the salon. They may not want to offer all services, but specialize. And at the same time, clients are changing too with this hugely oversaturated beauty market. Um, I remember 10 years ago, there weren't this many products. And I remember 10 years ago, there weren't this many DIY videos either. Like I couldn't go to YouTube and figure out how to, you know, do something with my hair. So how does a salon owner handle these changes? Well, I, can't, I think I just came back from Intercoiffure and it was a great experience uh, for me. So again, belonging and learning from um, other people, having mentors, I think is huge. Uh, for me to belong to Intercoiffure, it's a huge thing because all the successful business owners are there, top 1% of beauty industry leaders, they're there. So what I try to do is go there, learn, and then spread the knowledge that I learned to other hairdressers and salon owners. So what we learned in this is specifically this fall altier. What we learn is, is exactly the question that you have, that the super saturated 
and the consumer, especially a woman consumer, she's becoming more needy. Um, she, has, <laughs> she has higher expectation. She understands she has a better knowledge when she's going, she's doing her homework before she goes to the salon. And also in terms of the stylist, uh, we're having as a salon owner more challenges because we're dealing with these, again, um, we're talking about millennials and now we're going into the newer even, um, I don't know what they're called, generation. generation. No, yeah. the, new, the new ones. <laughs> the new ones. They do, we're seeing, and it's kind of, there is a major shift in our industry on how to deal with that. So for instance, we're gonna talk about the salon itself. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of successful salons or really high-end salons, they would make the hairdressers go through a two-year, three-year apprenticeship program to learn the trade after graduating from beauty school. What we're finding out very quickly that these people are the microwave generation. Oh, yes. They do not want to be in a program for three years. They really want to make right away. And so we're trying to figure out ways of doing it. And so what's happening is there's a shift where we're making these programs quicker, faster, more intense, more condensed uh, in a shorter period of time. Thus, it's, it's a lot of work for the owner, but it also it's a lot of work for the hairdressers, but they really want an express way of uh, learning how to become a professional or behind the chair stylist. So we had to adjust that and I actually talked to a lot of owners how we actually at Excellence, my salon, we adjusted the program and we've been talking about this for a while actually. In my salon, we have a six month um, express pathway to success. And so we teach everything in six months. They have to be had done about 250 people. So by week nine, they actually start getting clients at lower rates. Mm -hmm. So they actually, whatever they're learning and whatever I'm teaching them in the program, they're actually practicing on real person, understanding how to do a proper consultation, interaction, communication, and the service itself. So at week nine, we give them a lot of haircut clients, males and females. By week 14, we had already studied how to do touch-ups and highlights. And so by that time, we're gonna start giving them some color, color touch-up, color theory, and they're taking clients. By the end of uh, week 24, hopefully they have done about 250 clients. And once they do 250 clients, uh, what we do is they actually graduate from the program and they become a freshman hairstylist at a salon. So for, for this, the new generation of stylists, for them to stay two years for sweeping and cleaning and doing, being Cinderella's, they don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. So, so we found out that this program actually was very successful and we've been sharing these ideas and I've shared it with a lot of clients and especially Tony Odisha extensions because we deal with a lot of salon owners. Oh yeah. Uh, besides really selling product, we do a lot of consultive uh, help uh, because salon owners, they, they have struggles and they want to understand what ideas or what method that we've done that has been proven to work and share all that uh, knowledge with them so they can do it in their salons. So interesting. Uh, so that's in terms of the hairstylist mm -hmm. and the salon owner. In terms of consumer, they have so many options now, and this is what I tell my staff. Um, they compare the today's consumer to Kali. Kali, the Indian goddess with nine hands. The 
She's a multitasker. She's self-centered, demanding. She wants it now. And everything is at her fingertips. Mm -hmm. She wants to use technology and she wants it when she wants it. So now as a salon, we have to adapt on how to really deal with Kali, the goddess, right? Yeah. So, and they said there was a quote from a consumer. And if we take this quote and really digest it, we'll understand what we're going to be dealing with. And the quote says, I love you when you are being who I want you to be. And I hate you when you are being who you want to be. That's terrible. <laughs> but it's the reality, right? Oh, so no. If we know that Kelly, this is what she wants, we have to adapt. And for us as a salon owners, as a service provider, that we're going to think that they're going to need us, I think we're going to really be thrown off the way. The example they gave of the transitioning from taxi cab to Uber. Yeah. Because taxi cabs, they said, it would be ridiculous. You think that who's going to drive them around? Who's going to drive these people around? They're going to have regular people driving. They're going to need us forever. And then we had Uber. And then they were basically shocked at how much market uh, shares they took from them. And so we have to adapt. We have to learn from this consumerism. We have to understand that we are competing against Amazon. There was 18 million beauty searches on Amazon in the past six months. In the past, really? Yes, 18. That's, that's shocking, <laughs> so many. Yes, so actually they said that people, they're act, when they're looking for beauty product, in, in, before people used to Google things, the first place they go is Amazon first and then Google second. That's probably true. I do that. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> and, and then we have the Sephora's and the new generation of Altas where they're creating experiences. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of knowledge and there's a lot of answers and questions and there's a lot of perks and then there's a lot of try me kits. Right. So, so we have to learn how to adapt and what to do to these clients to keep them. So the only thing they're going to save us is the emotional connection. Yeah. The human connection we cannot replace. If we don't listen, embrace this client, make her feel that we care for her, that we love her, and then she's important. She will, she has other options and many, many, many options that we, that she never had used to have. That's quite an art. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's quite an art for a stylist. I mean, we all know we, we talk to our stylists about everything and, um, yeah, that's, that's an art I think to being, I mean, I, I'm an executive coach most of the time and I think it's, it's an art to do that and to be a good listener and to relate and empathize and know what to say. And I think similarly, it's, it's an art to be a stylist and to really listen and know what to say and that sort of thing. Very interesting. Well, I, I actually, uh, many years of doing these classes that we teach the art of the consultation mm -hmm. 
And I feel that when I listen to the stylist doing consultation, and I go to many, many salons since 2000, I've been educating. Um, it is a form of improv. That is interesting. Because you have to be able to be quick and easy to answer because sometimes a client asks us the most simplest questions like, why do I need a, a conditioning treatment? And the styles get off guarded <laughs> and they cannot answer, even though they know the answer. They get caught off guard and they don't know how to answer it. So a lot of what I say is you have to practice, you have to role play because that's what we're doing every day. That's in terms of back and forth questions and answers. That's interesting. interesting. In terms of listening, I mean, that's a skill that either probably you have or you don't, either you love people or you don't. Mm -hmm. So, and that's what we see that 80% of consumer go to the styles, not because of the technical skills, is because they formed a relationship and, and a connection. So mm -hmm. it's 20% technical, 80% connection and wow. conversation. So, I mean, they can go to the best academy of school if they don't know how to really talk to people. I think they really would not be a, a great hairdressers. So <laughs> we have to coach people. And I think we take it, uh, we have to coach people on how to really care first and, and uh, learn how to communicate with people. It's really the art of communication. I feel like that's a whole other show we should do is talking about the introvert stylist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, and I, I see it all the time. Stylists turn the chair because they, they think they're just doing their work and they're really doing whatever. And I say, no, 80% uh, of it is you looking to her in her eyes and, and engage and speak and understand and listen and remember. And if they don't remember, and sometimes I say, that's where you go into the computer and remember that her due dates is this day. Mm -hmm. And she's thinking that she's gonna have a little boy. And just as a cheat sheet, we have to have it. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, people feel important when you remember facts about them. Yep, I take and, tons of notes, absolutely. And so that's, that's huge for hairdressers. And, and in terms of what's happening right now, even in terms of stylists, there's the, sal the salon stylist, and then there's now we have independent artists, mm -hmm. a lot of them, and then there's the chair renter people and booth rental people and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot going on in our industry and we have to even learn how to deal with all those people, you know, and what they have to give to their clients. So, so interesting. There's so much here. And, and I love this, you know, I interview authors and experts and business owners. And I love these interviews because I get a little peek into another industry. And that's so fascinating. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Tony, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been really interesting. Oh, my pleasure. If you have any other questions, if we can help any other hairdressers out there or salon owners, because I see the struggle of the owners. They're wearing multi hats. And again, they say when you open a salon, uh, 
when you go to beauty school, you learn one trade, right? It's the trade <laughs> of doing hair. When yeah. you open a salon, you have to learn 21 different other trades to yes. really be able to. So, um, if this show like this will help other hairdressers, it's, it's my mission to really um, learn from others and spread the knowledge to other stylists and salon owners and uh, hair care professionals. Wonderful. Well, we're going to make sure we have a link to your website so people know how to get a hold of you in the show notes for today. So viewers, um, make sure you look for that so you can reach out to Tony if you're a salon owner and you're looking for some help. Tony, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, viewers. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. This has been twoquestions.tv. To subscribe to our YouTube channel, learn more about the show, the guests, and our host, Susan Barancini-Mo, visit us at www.twoquestions.tv.